Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by Homeschool Explained, an online course I've created to help homeschool families. Whether you are a family who chose homeschool or you are a family who is educating at home, but you really didn't choose that path on purpose. I have a lot of information that can help you. I used to teach in-person classes here on Maui and helped families start their homeschool journeys with confidence. And then the world happened, 2020 happened, and now here we are in 2021 and education still looks different. I teach families how to start their homeschool journeys with confidence or find their confidence in their homeschool journey. If you are a family who is just starting out or you are a family that has been homeschooling for a little while, but you still have some lingering and nagging questions in your heart or in your mind about the details of homeschool or whether you're doing it right, I have a ton of information and resources for you in my online course, Homeschool Explained. It's as if you and I are going out for coffee and we sit down for three hours and have a lovely conversation. And I share over 10 years of homeschool experience with you. And by the end, we are caffeinated, happy, and ready to go. It is so much fun, easy to understand. I go over all the major topics like curriculum, socialization, record keeping, umbrella schools, all kinds of different things. I don't tell you my way. I share with you insights from my journey, but I don't teach just one way of how to homeschool. I show you what all your options are and show you a large variety of options, resources, all of that. So if you are homeschooling either on purpose or reluctantly, I am here to help. For more information about Homeschool Explained, go to elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash homeschool. That's elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash homeschool. I hope it helps. We don't shy away from topics here on Elevating Motherhood, mostly because I believe it's time we break through myths and assumptions with real conversation, resources, and perspective like we're doing today in our discussion about motherhood and rest. And like we did in episode 15 intro to CBD, when I interviewed Will Clyden, the CEO of Ojai Energetics, a B core that produces high quality, organic water soluble CBD. So many moms wanted to know more about CBD. So I went straight to a credible source. Ojai Energetics has extended a special offer for elevating motherhood listeners, free shipping on every order, plus a free tube of CBD sports gel. If you order three bottles or more head to elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash CBD for more information on CBD links to the amazing episode 15 and the special offer from Ojai energetics. That's elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash CBD. 
the seven types of rest every mom needs. Did you read the title of this episode and think, I can't seem to get one type of rest as a mom, let alone seven? I know I did a double take when I first read about Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith's idea that there were seven different types of rest and that we need all seven. But my curiosity was piqued. Diving into her explanations has brought me so much personal clarity, and I am so grateful for her work and all the ways she shows up and encourages moms. This episode is so life-giving. Dr. Sandra is articulate, kind, authentic, and just so generous with her insights. She teaches us what we need to show up as our true best selves. I left this conversation feeling so understood, and I know you will too. As Dr. Sandra presents these seven types of rest, she doesn't do it in a way that's overwhelming, but rather shows us a bigger picture and that we really are all quite unique. The types of rest I need at this season in my life probably aren't the same types of rest that will benefit you the most right now. There is no one-size-fits-all answer for everybody, and when it comes to rest, it turns out there are a lot of options. These ideas about rest will help you learn more about your true self so that you can understand what you need and then confidently meet that need armed with information and insights about the seven different types of rest. This topic is also a great conversation starter. Once you hear about the different types of rest and take the quiz online at restquiz.com, which I highly recommend you do after the show. I bet you'll want to send this quiz to your partner, your spouse, sisters, friends, or even your mom's group so that you can dive deeper into this topic with them. It's the resolution that we didn't know we needed going into this new year. Learning about rest is a great way for us to become more self-aware so we can support and nourish ourselves, recover our lives, renew our energy, and restore our sanity. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith is a board-certified internal medicine physician, speaker, and author. She is an international wellness expert featured in numerous media outlets, including Prevention, MSNBC, Woman's Day, Fox, Fast Company, Psychology Today, and was even a guest on the Dr. Oz Show. She is the author of numerous books, including her new book, Sacred Rest, which includes all of her groundbreaking insights on the seven types of rest needed to optimize productivity, increase overall happiness, overcome burnout, which we need, and live our best lives. Over 100,000 people have discovered their personal rest deficits using that free quiz that I mentioned at restquiz.com and on her websites, ichoosemybestlife.com and drdaltonsmith.com. I will link to all of those in the show notes. Without further ado, let's welcome the encouraging Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith to the show. Aloha, Dr. Sandra. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is so important. I was just telling you before I hit record, I really appreciate you showing up and talking with us about rest because when it comes to motherhood, I think the number one thing we need is more discussion about rest. And you have a lot of insight for us. But first, I'd love for my audience to get to know you more in your own words. Yes. Well, I'm a mom of two as well. My boys are now teens. I'm a practicing internal medicine physician. I've been in practice for over 20 years now. 
And about 10 years ago, I started writing and doing more research. And it was around that time also that I burned out. And so part mm-hmm. of my my research and looking into the topic of rest just came from my own need to determine how to recover my life and to get it back on track and to get back to a point where I enjoyed the work that I was doing and not just working to get to the end of the week for an opportunity to stop. Yes, to all that. <laughs> I don't think any of us need to be um, a doctor of internal medicine to understand the need of the burnout stuff. That's mm-hmm. yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think that we often talk about balance here on the show too, and whether like work-life balance or just balance in motherhood is possible. And yeah, would you say that you're seeking of balance or what exactly led you into studying rest specifically? Yes, I don't use the word balance. I used to. I used to use the word balance. And then the more I try to achieve that, the more I realize that is not possible. Because when you're thinking about balance, you're, you have two things on either side of a scale, and you're weighing one against the other. And so work life balance, really, in my eyes, when I looked at it, do I really want my work to be on one side and my life to be on the other side? And I'm trying to figure out which one I want to put the importance on. What mm-hmm. I focus more on is work-life integration and how mm-hmm. to have harmony. So I don't seek balance anymore. I seek harmony between the two where there's a, a grace and a flow that occurs so that they work together in unison, that I don't have to choose one over the other. I can determine things that need to be shifted or adjusted or prioritized so that they both flow together well. Yes, <laughs> that is an awesome, awesome, awesome perspective. Thank you so much for that. Well, personal life stuff, was there any professional life influence into studying rest? No, other than, you know, as an internal medicine physician, people come into my office all the time saying that they're mm-hmm. tired. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where as a physician, we're trained to look for all the different things that can cause someone to be tired. And many of them had absolutely no abnormalities. Their lab work was great. Their thyroids were fine. You know, there was, they didn't have diabetes. They didn't have any kind of underlying issue that was untreated that I can say, oh, well, this is what's causing your, your fatigue and what's making you feel exhausted. And so, you know, at first it was more of a thought process. Oh, they just need to get more sleep. And, you know, so many of them would tell me, well, I get six, seven, eight hours, but I'm still tired. And I don't think it was until I, my, I started experiencing that for myself, where you go to bed and you do get a decent amount of sleep and you wake up the next morning still exhausted. Mm-hmm. And that's when it started making me think, okay, maybe there's something other than sleep that I need. Maybe there's a different kind of rest or a different type of restoration that my, that my body, my mind and my spirit needs that I'm not getting. And, you know, that's really what I think started taking me deeper because I really could see that there is a disconnect between the medical training and what we discuss with people when we discuss fatigue. And it mm-hmm. wasn't covering all of the different ways that people were getting tired. Mm-hmm. I feel lighter just hearing you say that. 
just acknowledging a thought that's gone through my head before of, oh, well, I'm just a mom of young kids. I'm just sleep deprived. And I think sleep deprivation is real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and it is a thing, especially with those of us with super young kids. Oh my gosh, I woke up four times in the night last night and my kids are seven, five and three. (laughs) So it's just wild. um, The need that is put on us um, and we rise to the occasion and we're definitely tired from that. But it also expands my perspective of what my body needs as a whole person. And you have identified seven types of rest. And I think that I would love to do this interview just a little bit different than I usually do. And just sit back and listen to you describe these seven types of rest, because I feel like my listeners and I have a lot to learn from you. And we need so very desperately for someone in our lives to speak light into us about the power of rest. So would you mind going over what each of the seven types of rest that you've identified are, um, how we can implement them, and then just how we know maybe that we might need that type of rest, like maybe some signs or symptoms that that might be an area that we need to focus on? Sure. I'll start by naming the seven just so that we kind of have it out there (laughs) so that people know what the seven are, and then we can go into each one a little bit. The seven are the physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative. The first three, the physical, mental, and the spiritual, most people have at least heard of of, to some degree um, and and are somewhat aware of their need for these types of rest. The other four, the emotional, social, sensory, and creative, were the ones that really came out through the research and talking with people and working with different clients and patients to see what they weren't restoring in their life that was still keeping them to a place of feeling fatigued. So let's just start with the physical. That's the one most of us are somewhat familiar with. So when we think of physical rest, we're often thinking about sleeping and napping, if you're a napper. But sleeping and napping are the two most common type of physical rest that people automatically think of when they're discussing, I'm going to go rest. But sleep and rest, we have to stop using those terms interchangeably. They are not the same thing because, as I mentioned, physical rest is just one of the seven. So when all of your attention is placed on, I'm just going to get more sleep and that's going to fix all my fatigue issues, you're kidding yourself. You're not going to fix social rest or, or emotional rest by sleeping in your bed. Those won't change unless you're very intentional about getting them. Now, the interesting thing about physical rest is that it actually has two types. So the napping and the sleeping are passive forms of physical rest, but we also need active forms of physical rest that help restore the circulation, that help improve the lymphatic flow within our body. Those include things like stretching exercises or yoga, um, leisure walks, not where you're trying to get your 10,000 steps on your Garmin, but where you're actually just moving your body. You're just trying to stay active with some gentle exercise that's not stressful, but it's helping to improve the circulation. Being aware even of your body ergonomics. If you're working from home and you're at a desk for hours, just being aware of how your body is being used so that it doesn't get tight and stiff and the muscle aches and all of those things. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many listeners just like myself moved their body and was like sat up a little straighter and moved around a little bit. Just you describing that. Yeah. Thanks for bringing awareness to that. That's, that's really important. 
Yeah, and, and you're exactly right. That's one of the, the main areas of how you can implement getting more active physical rest is just when you have been in the same position for a period of time, be aware if you start noticing that your back is starting to ache or your neck muscles are getting tight to, to purposefully move and mm-hmm. know that that movement is actually helping to restore your body to a healthier place by improving the circulation and the lymphatics in those areas. Because really, that's what rest is all about. That's the mindset shift that most of us have to make. Rest is not simply the cessation of activity. That's what we have summed it up to be in the past. And that ha- that doesn't work. Rest is the restoration of areas that are being used in our life. So rest mm-hmm. is restorative. What are the restorative mm-hmm. activities you can do to pour back in and replete the energy that you've poured out in these seven areas? Mm-hmm. I'm following you. That's brilliant. Wow. Rest and restoration. I love that. And thank you so much for acknowledging the whole person and us and all of that. And um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit by saying that I took your quiz Mm -hmm. (laughs) at restquiz.com and physical was the highest number I got. And I was trying to wrap my head around that. And I was like, well, I, I prioritize sleep and I feel like I do sit a lot. And, and as soon as you said that it absolutely, absolutely aligned with my health journey that I'm on, um, that I need to move my body more. As soon as you said, you know, it involves stretching my body. I swear I had a visceral reaction of like, yes, please listen to Dr. Sandra. This is what we've been trying to tell you. You know, with moms, it's really interesting because many of the the, the women I speak who, to who have small kids, or at least small enough that you pick them up periodically, mm-hmm. don't realize that if you're picking up a 20, 30-pound child repetitively, you need to stretch those muscles. It's no different than someone going to the gym and lifting a weight repetitively. But we don't think about it that way because that's our baby, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We don't think about the fact that we're carrying around 30 pounds on our hip for, you know, an hour if you happen to take them someplace they decide they don't want to walk. So, you know, uh-huh. there's lots of different ways that we end up physically using our body, but then we don't do anything to actually stretch it back out. Mm-hmm. You've blown my mind already this morning. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, if we ended the interview right now, I would leave a better person just understanding myself more and shifting my perspective into a healthier, more whole mindset. And I, I feel so validated too. of like, thank you for acknowledging that those 30 and now 50 pound kids are actually really heavy. And yes, I do feel like a weightlifter who needs to stretch. That is how I would describe my physical body right now. Yes. And that, you know, honestly, it's one of those, that's where I started off. I started off my rest journey and my burnout when my kids were both toddlers. I actually mm-hmm. opened up my book with a conversation um, about me being laying out on my floor after putting them in front of my electronic nanny, better known as the TV, where mm-hmm. I took a little break. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's when I probably hit the the hardest part of my fatigue was as a young mom without having any of this information and thinking I tried sleep, you know, <laughs> I got, yeah. I got a friend to watch the kids while I try to get 10 hours, you know, and, and mm-hmm. what I call a sleep marathon. So I can try to see if that would solve things. And, and really, it's, that's the whole point of most of these as we continue to go through them. It's not about trying to offload responsibilities or the things that we have to do. Many of the things we're going to talk about are, the, are simple things you can do in the middle of your busy day. You can do them even with the kids sitting there. What I find mm-hmm. is, you know, particularly with the stretching, kids love it. 
Mm-hmm, they do. <laughs> they, they love do. it. Get on the floor with them. I mean, why mm-hmm. not raise a culture of people who don't think burnout and being tired and saying that they're fatigued all the time is normal, but mm-hmm. who actually understand from a young age what their body needs to stay at its best? Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So I was going to ask you how we know we need that type of physical rest, but it almost sounds like our bodies are going to tell us for sure. You should usually, if you're having problems with this, particularly with the active type of physical rest, you're going to start having some body aches and pains. Yeah. Um, things are going to feel uncomfortable. Many people, the, the problem isn't that your body's not talking, is that we're not listening or you yep. we're just ignoring it. You know, mm-hmm. you sit Guilty. at a desk for five hours, you're trying to type something up, you know, what you pick, you lift up a child. And like I said, you, you happen to go to the grocery store though. One day they don't want to ride in the cart or <laughs> walk. And so you're carrying them the whole time you're trying to shop. And, and, you know, the thing is at some point in time, your arms will start telling you this child is heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, I hurt, but mm-hmm. we, we just ignore it. Guilty. Guilty. I'm raising both my hands. <laughs> I'm doubly guilty of that. Gosh. And it sounds like we know the solution. Um, I know that I need to stretch. I know that I need to move my body more. I know that I need to walk in my lovely neighborhood more just because, you know, and kind of get over those mental blocks um, that I seem to have. And I kind of wonder if the mental blocks are related to the mental rest stuff. I don't know. Yeah, um, well, and just- that's a good, a good tie into mental rest. Mental rest is the well, the lack of mental rest you can tell when you have it is when you are unable to get your head to go to that quiet space. And so mm-hmm. mental rest is when you are able to get really just cerebral quiet. You're not having, you know, rent those what I call um rummaging thoughts where there's kind of ruminating rather thoughts where you're kind of going over and over the same idea in your head. Some people, when they lay down to go to sleep, they can notice this because they'll start kind of checking off their to-do list for the next day. Or they may even kind of rehash a conversation they had earlier in the day where they are now kind of replaying the 50 different scenarios of how that conversation could have gone had they responded in a different way. Those are all signs of mental rest. When you stop and you're not actively engaged in something mentally, but your brain is still in, is still engaged and it won't get to that quiet spot. I, I sometimes relate the brain to like that five-year-old child. You, you tell the sit here, you know, sit here for a mom, moment and mommy will be right back. And you come back and they're like bouncing off the walls. That's how some of our headspace looks like. It's an unruly five-year-old with the thoughts just bouncing off the wall. And one of the ways that you can know that this is a problem is if you have a tendency to avoid being still because you don't like the stuff your head brings up when you stop. I find that some people really fight against mental rest. Because when they stop and their head starts trying to process things, they don't like what's trying to be processed. And so they just keep busy. So you keep busy and the head won't, won't start kind of trying to pull up some of these negative or um, kind of emotional things that need to be processed through. One of the ways to help that, because, you know, the thing with mental rest is it does affect our sleep. And that's what, that's what mm-hmm. I find with a lot of, pe- a lot of these types of rest not getting adequate rest in some of these areas will bleed over into your ability to sleep. And so by learning how to rest some of these other areas, your sleep improves because now you're able to get into deeper non-REM levels of sleep. 
But for those with a mental rest deficit, you may find that you have a tendency to have those ruminating thoughts. And then when you finally go to sleep, it's like you're still holding on to that thought. And so you can't really get into a deeper level of sleep. The way the brain works is if you are able to take that thought that you're ruminating over and put it someplace concrete where the brain now knows it's safe. I don't have to remember this particular thought all night long. It's now safely on a piece of paper or in a journal um, or just on a, you know, a post-it note. It just needs to be somewhere out of your head onto mm-hmm. something concrete. It allows the brain to release that thought. And then you're able to get into those deeper levels of non-REM sleep because your brain's not holding on to that information at the expense of you sleeping. Hmm. I used to be the kind of person who kept a little sticky note by my bed and then I had children and then the sticky notes got scattered. <laughs> so I don't necessarily do that, but I do believe in the power of pen to paper for sure. And writing that down and every once in a while, even just as a writer, I'll get up and be like, Oh, you need to write that idea down because it will never return, you know, and I do feel that mental pressure to write that down. But something I've been doing to cope instead, because usually we bed share and there's a lot of kids around and I don't want to disturb them, but it's 2am and I'm like, ah, why am I overthinking about this now? I fell asleep just fine, but now it's 2am and my brain's like, you have a lot of things to do, girlfriend. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I have actually, because I cannot keep the sticky notes and I cannot physically get out from under the kids sometimes, um, I have just started praying about it and handing it over and just being like, you know what, I really need some help resting right now. And all these ideas are coming. And I, I just want to recognize that now's not the time for me to be processing this. So I don't know if I could get a little uh, assistance here, if someone could just, I don't know, send an angel or two down and just take it away from me for just a second. (laughs) But honestly, it helps because I feel like just in doing that, um, I am compartmentalizing it. And just being like, you know what, this isn't for me right now. It's not the hour. It's not the time. And I feel like I'm trying to talk to myself too, like parent myself. It's time to rest. We're not yeah. going to think about that right now, you know, but it, it does that there, it does align with this whole notion of like compartmentalizing it and putting it someplace for me personally. Absolutely. And that's what some people do. I'm, I'm not a journaler. So I do brain dump at times, which is what that's called when you're kind of jotting in on a piece of paper. I do that sometimes. But what I find for myself when I'm, particularly if I'm having difficulty with mental rest, not at bedtime, but it's, mm-hmm. um, let's say if I'm on vacation with my family, but my head mm-hmm. keeps going back to the work that I could be doing or that I feel right. like I need to be doing, just being able to kind of discipline the brain to go back to a single focus thought. So, you know, like I gave the example with the five-year-old with the chair, you have to do the same thing with the brain sometimes to have to keep bringing it back to the place where you want it to be. And so mm-hmm. having sometimes a focus word, if I'm having that if I'm not being in the moment, so to speak, with my family on vacation, having a word that I ha- make my brain go back to you to, to bring me back into alignment with what I want to prioritize at that time. So the word could be family or the mm-hmm. word could be peace if, I, if it's something that's got me worried. And so my thoughts keep going to a worry, bringing, coming back to one single word that realigns you with where you want to be instead of letting the brain just go in whatever direction it wants. Mm, I love that. Thank you for bringing up the word discipline. I, I, it does not hurt any of us to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then you mentioned prayer. So spiritual Mm -hmm. rest deals with some of that. Spiritual rest is the rest we experience when we really reconnect to to our own belief systems, whatever that is for you personally. And so prayer, meditation, those are all forms of spiritual rest. There's some really interesting stories out there. Um, a, um, research, I should say, out there regarding spiritual rest. One of the ones that I thought was really interesting discussed how prayer, when people pray, it's there's the same patterns laid on the brain memory system as if someone is you're speaking to someone face to face. And so, for those who believe in the power of prayer, that can be very comforting to know that your your brain and how your your you mentally process the conversation of prayer is no different than if you were standing with God face-to-face or standing with a friend face-to-face having that conversation. That's how how well your body receives that conversation. Wow. That's awesome. I had no idea. Gosh, I am learning all the new things today. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, you know, one of the ways you can, you know, tell if you need more spiritual rest, I find when people start feeling as if, kind of really start having some of those questions like, is, is what the work I do important? Um, am I contributing anything to the kind of to the greater good or to the world? Uh, really just yeah. feeling like they don't belong or aren't accepted or, or don't truly feel loved. Oftentimes those can those feelings can be improved with a deeper level of spiritual rest. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you for that. Cause I think that those creep up for a lot of us, um, you know, whether or not we're acknowledging the spiritual side of us. I think that even some of us with deep faith um, have those feelings every once in a while. And I know Mm -hmm. people um, who don't describe themselves as a person of faith. um, And I I love that you bring in the spiritual part to the conversation because I feel like people can understand spiritual rest, um, especially if they come from a church or a community that openly talks about it, that celebrates the Sabbath, things like that. But I think for some people, um, they, when you're talking about like interchangeable words and how we can't interchange like sleep and rest, I don't necessarily think we can interchange religion and spirituality, because I think we do have spiritual elements to us, but not everyone necessarily aligns with a specific organized religion. Absolutely. And I, I actually discussed that, um, you know, as far as this isn't a spiritual rest isn't about religion. Um, even mm-hmm. for people in religion, it's not about religion. It's more about relationship. Um, mm-hmm. I actually call it having, uh, having an understanding of how to commune with the holy, whatever that yeah. is for you. Um, oh, and I so that. I have some people who don't have any faith belief system whatsoever and they get the concept of spiritual rest because when I, because of the way I describe it as a sense of belonging. Some people feel that same sense of belonging with particular groups where they feel loved and accepted and cherished and, and they're esteemed, not because of what they're done, because of who they are. And I think it's important for people to have that in their lives, regardless of where they're at in their faith walk. We all mm-hmm. need to have that foundation just to be able to, to stay grounded. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I suddenly see my mom's group in a whole new light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that really hits the nail on the head of why I feel so full um, when I leave mom's group. So thank you for that. Shout out to my mom's group if y'all are listening. <laughs> I love mom's groups. And, you know, you'll find that quite a few of these types of rest can be done 
together. You know, spiritual rest um, and what we just discussed there with particularly mom groups, mom groups are a huge part of social rest for many people. When Mm -hmm. I talk about social rest, most people automatically think I'm I'm referring to, oh, I need to get off social media and, Mm -hmm. and take a break from people. Actually, no. Social rest is the rest we experience around people who are life-giving. The mm-hmm. majority of people that we spend our time with are people who are negatively pulling from our energy. It's mm-hmm. not to say that they are negative people, but they're, the nature of the relationship is that they are always taking and pulling from our resources. Our children, that they're negatively pulling from our resources. Bless our them. spouse. <laughs> Our colleagues, co-workers, anyone who needs something from you is negatively pulling from your energy and your resources. And mm-hmm. that's draining your social energy. Social rest are those people who don't need anything from you, who you just enjoy spending time with. They're those adult friends who show up and you just have a great time and you don't feel obligated to any by any way. You don't feel like you have to perform. You just feel great just spending time with them. Mm-hmm. That's social rest. And for most of us, we don't get a lot of it because we, the people who need us are way louder than the people who don't need anything from us. And so they will, they're the ones who will tend to make sure that you know that they need you and really will drain you, will drain you if mm-hmm. you don't take back some control and some personal boundaries on making sure you get the social rest that you need. Mm-hmm. Social rest was, oh, I'm so relieved. It was one of the lowest scores I got on on your quiz. And I was like, yeah, all right. Now I know, man, I have actual proof of why I need to show up to mom's group over and over again each week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And, you know, particularly now with everything that's gone on with social distancing mm-hmm. and people not being able to get together as they have in the past, some of the the really cool research showed that even doing it virtually is beneficial. It's not the same. I mean, we all understand that now. It's not the mm-hmm. same, but it is beneficial because especially if you do it with the cameras on, a lot mm-hmm. of the energy that comes from the social rest of being around these life-giving people is the energy of their their presence, actually mm-hmm. being able to see their eyes, seeing their facial expressions, their body movements, seeing how when you talk, how they respond to you. There's a lot of energy that comes from that. And so one thing I encourage people when they're doing these, you know, Zoom or video conference calls to turn the camera on. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know, particularly mom groups, you know, mm-hmm. and I, yes, I know you may not have your makeup on, <laughs> your hair done, and who knows how many, you know, baskets of clothes are in the background, but it, it's beneficial to be able to just be real and authentic. Mm-hmm. Because Mm -hmm. then you're actually seeping over into a little bit of emotional rest as well, Mm -hmm. with emotional rest specifically being the rest of being authentic and unapologetically who you are. And being able Mm -hmm. to just be very open and upfront about that and vulnerable, because there's a vulnerability that comes with just saying, this is who I am. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together all the time. You know, I can dress it up, but sometimes it's a mess. And just being really truthful about that. And, you know, the thing about emotional rest is you're not going to have emotional rest with everyone. There should be a few people. Sometimes it may just be one person in your life that you feel close enough to that you can truly be authentic with. You can say when you're not okay. You can let them in when you're, you know, having difficulty with a situation. 
And the lack of social rest is when we start noticing people kind of slip deeper into anxiety and depression and suicidal type thoughts. Because when we get to the point where we feel like we are hiding ourselves and our emotions from everyone, there eventually gets to a place where it's, you feel like no one really knows you. Mm. And if no one really knows you, then why should you even be here? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And I never would have put those together just looking at the list, but that makes total and complete sense. Hmm. So it's important to have, you know, even if that's a counselor or therapist, Mm -hmm. pastor, whoever it is, you feel open to have those conversations with that you have someone that you feel like you can truly just be authentic. You can drop any people pleasing tendencies and, you know, you're, you're, you can say yes and no without fear of what they're going to think about you. And you can do that in a way that you know that you, you have the, that, that you have control over your own decisions and you're not having to kind of live up to someone else's expectations. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. And so needed. And yeah, I like that it's separated out so that we can do a deeper dive into those areas instead of like yours. I, I like these, uh, gosh, fringe, <laughs> you know, uh, what we think of as outside the physical, mental, emotional, you know, spiritual, or like the top three, you were saying physical, mm-hmm. mental, and spiritual, and that we're like, kind of doing a deeper dive with these other ones. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's, and the thing is, well, just for example, with sensory, which is the next one, mm-hmm. um, sensory is a part of physical, if you think about it, our senses are on our body, but yeah. we have to, because of the world we live in, we have to segment yes. it out. It's mm-hmm. because, at, particularly now with all the gadgets we all <laughs> use on a regular that's basis, right. and the amount of sensory input that we experience on a day-to-day basis, we have to have that be its own category. For yes. so many of us, our sensory input is through the roof, whether that's yes. high pitch voices of children playing all day, which is a good thing. You know, we want our children to be happy, mm-hmm. but I have two teen boys. And if they start playing one of those video games, it's like yes. I got 50 kids in the house with all the yep. screaming that's going on and it's happy screaming. You know, they're excited mm-hmm. they're having fun, but we have to realize that that sensory input does have an effect on us. And then we add in the time spent on our computers, our emails, our social media time. And then on top of that, the number of notifications most of us get on mm-hmm. our phones, it's, it's catastrophic. Mm-hmm. What and what we're noting, and particularly over this past year, with if you have school age kids who are, you know, home, who are doing virtual classes now, you will, you will notice sometimes that even their personalities sometimes will change because mm-hmm. of the amount of sensory in- overload and input they're experiencing if it's above what they have gotten in the past. I, I oftentimes compare it to that two-year-old. Um, if you've ever had a two-year-old at a birthday party, when you get them started with the party, they're like in a great mood. They're all happy. <laughs> and about what, one or two hours into it, no oh, one yeah. took their cake. No one asked them to share a toy. They are just ballistic. They are screaming their head off. They are tearing through the house. And you're like, what happened? Sensory overload. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you take that same child you had 14 years to them. You had a 16-year-old like mine. And you are, let you know, they're playing Fortnite for like three hours or four hours or however long. And they come out, your teen went in there, kind of this sweet, well-mannered child. And then they Mm -hmm. come out yelling, screaming, and like ballistic sensory overload. 
You take that yeah. same person, add 15 more years, and now they're 30-something. They go to work. They have their notifications set to the max where oh my every email comes through, every social media post, Instagram post comes through, and they leave work and come home. And nobody wants to be around them when they get home because they are so grumpy and grouchy. Sensory overload. It's the mm-hmm. same process, different body sizes. And we have to get that control over our sensory input. Turn off the TV if nobody's watching it. Mm -hmm. Turn off the radio if you're not purposely listening to it. Set your notifications to only be those things you must be notified about. Honestly, for most of us, it's our cell phone and our text messages. That's the only notifications you need on your phone. Anything else, you need to have the control over how you engage with it instead Mm -hmm. of letting it control how you engage with it. Yes, 1000%. I have been nodding this entire time. And let me just tell you, ballistic is the word for it, first of all. (laughs) Um, And yes, thank you for acknowledging the kids stuff, but then the adult stuff too. Absolutely. And I have a sensory stuff, whatever that means. I happen to know that I'm very noise sensitive. And it's so funny, we're talking about this because just yesterday and the day before that and the day before that in my Instagram stories, I live in a neighborhood where the joke is, I call it Chainsaw Alley, because so many people just cut down trees there. Well, you have to understand we live in a very, uh, this isn't like a nice, neat neighborhood. This is like the wild, wild west on an isolated island chain in the middle of the ocean. So we live in a very dense forest area. And people are always trying to kind of open up their views and stuff like that. And just some of the trees are just dangerously big too, like the eucalyptus and things. So for the last week, the people right across the street from us had chainsaws going for four days straight. We're talking like oh, Friday, wow. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And I'm very noise sensitive. And we have chickens. We have 20, like 20 chickens and have some roosters. Mm-hmm. I've got four kids. I've got five goats. I've got a dog. I've got a cat. I've got like all the noise of just life. There's seven people in our house. And I'm trying to work. And yes, there's like the notification stuff. Although years ago, I set mine to only text message notifications and phone Mm -hmm. calls. Um, And that has been life changing. I don't get any notifications of anything else except every once in a while Target feels the need to ding me about a sale. But um, I'm not mad about that. So um, the chainsaws were going off and my irritation level got so big that at one point, I went ballistic (laughs) and I just said, I can't take it anymore. We have got to go somewhere or do something. I don't want to hear the TV. I don't even want to hear my kids right now because the chainsaws sounded like they were in my house, even with the doors closed or it didn't matter where you were. It sounded like someone was cutting down trees in my yard because it was that close and the the echo chamber of everything. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going to go nuts. But one way that I have learned to deal with the sensory stuff, because it comes down to things like I'm so sensitive to sounds that in the car, if my husband has his radio turned down, but it's not at zero, Uh I can hear that underlying like noise, but I can't like identify what they're saying or singing. And I'll be like, shut that off. I can't stand it. Like, how can you have one more layer of noise? I feel like the Grinch, all the noise, 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 <laughs> but it's, it's something that I have to be aware of. So ironically, sensory was like really low on my quiz results too, but I think it's because I've learned to recognize that one situation at a time over the years. So some ways that I have learned to deal with my Grinch, like 
behavior, um, is to say it out loud. So I said out loud to all, you know, six other people in my house, Hey, the chainsaws are driving me crazy. So I name it so that that way they know if they come up to me or the kids make a noise and I'm like, please don't do that. I'm not really upset with them. We've mm-hmm. had an open discussion about the fact that my nerves feel fried um, because of the sounds, the outside sounds outside of my control. I started wearing my blue light glasses all the time. Yeah. And that has helped with my sensory stuff. I'm very purposeful about putting them on. Did a little experiment because that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> and uh, didn't wear them for or wore them for a week and then didn't wear them for a week. And the fatigue on my physical body was very noticeable Mm -hmm. when I didn't have them on. So that's made a huge difference. We also try to go outside as much as possible. So if my sensory stuff was going crazy, I tried to do my usual of go outside like, okay, everybody take your noise out into the yard. But all the noise was in the yard yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And the day before that and the day before that. So that just was a sign that we needed to go to nature someplace else. We just needed to get out and do something to just get rid of that one sensory element that was driving me crazy. And then I have shut off notifications. And I'm actually thinking about taking it to the very next level of getting one of those phones that (laughs) you're not going to believe this, but they still exist, that only makes calls and sends text messages. Yes. (laughs) I think we were a lot less agitated when we were just with a normal phone. You know, right now, road rage is like severe for a lot of people. Um, And not just road rage, life rage is what I call it, Mm, because they're mad mm -hmm. all the time. (laughs) The road is just one area that people are raging. And a lot of that has to do with just that excessive sensory overload that people are experiencing, Mm. and needing to get back some control over how much sensory input. I, uh, you named some great ways of doing that. And you're right, when people are aware of where they get fatigued. When you have, even if you haven't specifically identified it as sensory rest is what you're needing, you Mm -hmm. identify that, that that was something that was causing you unrest. And then you adapt, adapted or adjusted to be able to fix that, fix that area. And that's what happens with all of these types of rest. As you're able to identify it, then you can be very intentional about getting the rest you need, or as I say, the restorative activities needed to pour back into that place where you're being depleted. And Mm -hmm. that's when you feel better. When you pour back into wherever you're being depleted, that's when that rest deficit goes away and you start feeling less fatigued, less exhausted in that particular area. And one of the things you mentioned about going into nature, that's what creative rest is. That's the final or seventh type of rest. Creative rest is the rest we experience when we allow ourselves to experience beauty in whatever form. And so whether that's natural beauty, like the mountains, the lake, many people get it around bodies of water. They get that sense of rest when they just see the ocean or the beach. For some, they get the same experience when they experience beauty, like at an art museum or a symphony or, you know, going to a play. So there's many ways of experiencing that. And I think the hardest part for people when I say creative rest, I'll always have someone ask, well, what about if I take a pottery or a painting class? (laughs) I love those little classes with the glass of wine. That's fantastic to go do with your girlfriends. But that is not creative rest. That is actually creative work because you're putting a demand on your creativity to produce something in those moments. Creative Mm -hmm. rest is not about work. It's not about production. It's about simply appreciating the beauty that has already been created 
and allowing it to awaken and create something inside of you. Yes, not production. All of the homeschool moms, uh, fellow homeschool moms who are listening are like, yep, I'm sure we're over here nodding. Creative rest was one of the, also one of my lowest scores on your quiz because we have this whole education philosophy of like truth, goodness, beauty, a lot of us do, and Mm -hmm. just taking time to appreciate it and understanding that music appreciation, art appreciation, um, just reading aloud or, or really being into poetry and things like that. That's, I don't think we quite put it in those terms, but that is a hundred percent what we're doing. We're resting in that beauty. We're not producing it. You know, creative rest isn't like, let's set up some craft supplies for the kids. That's never restful for anybody. <laughs> no, it's, it's demand. That's a demand on your creativity. That's right. So the reading aloud and all of that. Oh, man, thank you for validating that. Because I think every once in a while, even in my own mind and heart, I am like, wow, is this really what we need to be doing right now? This seems so too easy. And it's almost like we think of education and rest as like a a box to tick off. And it has to be um, measurable. And it has to be production based and all of that. So when we gosh, I think our society doesn't celebrate that, that it's okay to sit down and read. They expect you to read, (laughs) you know, you need to be up on the New York times bestseller list. You know, you need to know what all of these plot lines are about, but heaven forbid you actually sit down and actually read the book because then we have somehow translated that into, well, that's lazy when it's not. Yes. That's, that's the misconception that has gotten us into predicament we're in right now where we have a burned out culture where we have 30 year olds who are burning out committing suicide because they are producing great work in the world but they're 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 like the bee they're you know they're buzzing around and they're producing all this honey and everybody's like oh you're doing such great work but then they're not stopping long enough to actually taste the goodness they're producing and a life that doesn't have opportunities to taste the beauty that you and experience the beauty that you are producing for others is a life not worth living. And that's what people are finding out. And that's when we're getting a lot of people hitting some desperate situations. And it's, yes, sometimes there's underlying mental health areas with that too. But no matter how much mental health treatment that comes, you have to get an understanding of how to restore the area. There's not Mm -hmm. enough pills to do it by itself. There has to be an underlying teaching of of what are the principles that need to happen to help restore these areas. Otherwise, we're going to have someone slip right back into the same negative patterns. Mm -hmm. You've given us so much to think about, and we're all inspired to take your quiz at restquiz.com. I'm inspired to dive more into my results and the email that you sent with my results. And then also, I am super stoked about your book, (laughs) Sacred Rest. I am way motivated to read that and add that to the top of my list and, and hear what you have to say about it, because your presentation of it is just brilliant. I was wondering if you could give us just a little bit of icing on the cake and tell us um, some of the benefits you've seen from people who use your targeted rest approach. Yes, I rest. The book is rest. The book is sacred rest, recover Mm -hmm. your life, renew your energy, restore your sanity. I've divided the book up into two sections. The first half of the book talks about the seven types of rest, goes into a lot more detail, gives a checklist. So for you to be able to identify if each of the type of rest is one that you're needing as you're working through the book, um, as well as going through the science and the research that I've discovered 
and, you know, at least three or more tips for how to get more rest in each of those different areas, because it really isn't kind of a one size fit all. Each Every person has specific ways that they would restore better than others based on mm-hmm. their own personality type, their lifestyle, whether they're an introvert or an extrovert. And so all of that kind of plays into whether they're, um, you know, something that you mentioned, whether they may be a little bit more hypersensitive about one area than another. Mm -hmm. Um, with the sensory. And so taking all of that into consideration. And then the second half of the book uh, is what I call the gifts of rest. They are the 12 things that come from being well-rested. As you start learning how to incorporate more rest in the middle of your busy day, these 12 things kind of just pop up and they, they just start, you start experiencing more boundaries within your life. You start experiencing more reflection, more time for reflection, more time for better communication. And so there's 12 different areas that you'll start seeing improvement. And that's, I think, been the greatest joy, just seeing how every group that I've had a chance to have the opportunity to present to are able to take these concepts and use it within their field, whether it's a mom's group or whether it's a corporate space where I'm, you know, speaking to a a group of executives or professionals, or if I'm in a church speaking about it, because these seven areas are universal and they don't have any kind of boundaries based on personalities or beliefs. They're just what we have as people that that are areas that can easily be depleted if we don't really take time and be intentional about getting restorative rest in these areas. So good. My gosh. (laughs) I I just shout out to you uh, that every business needs to have you come and speak into their corporate world. I mean, just, wow. I can only imagine the immense changes that if people take your ideas and implement them, that the results would almost be immediate. So I was going to ask you, how long does it take for people to see and feel the results of rest? But even just hearing you say that and and thinking about it, even just one moment of taking rest seriously and intentionally resting, I think that the results, if you will, would be immediate. Yeah. And especially that's really where the rest quiz came from. I I always have Mm -hmm. people start with going to restquiz.com and taking the assessment because after they take the assessment, you then find which of the seven types of rest you have the greatest deficit in. And then if you're intentional about doing some restorative activities in that one area, not trying to hit all seven at one time, but the one Mm -hmm. place that you have the greatest deficit, when you start restoring that one place, your entire life starts feeling different because that one area of your greatest deficit is the one that's making you feel the most tired right now. Mm -hmm. And so as you restore it, you start feeling more energized. And then that gives you motivation to start getting rest in some of these other areas and to make sure that you're being mindful of how you're resting in all seven. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you if you had any tips for staying consistent, but I almost feel like the best idea is for people just to get started. And then the results that you have are going to want to motivate you to keep going because looking at it through the 
lens of rest and what that does for your body and this new perspective you brought to the table, we're just automatically going to have more energy and we're not getting it from like diet and exercise necessarily, although those are absolutely contributing factors, but I am more motivated to try these out and actually intentionally move my body today for that active physical rest that, uh, you know, my to do list of, you know, pay attention to what you eat and and make sure you exercise today. I, I don't want those lists. I don't want the diets. I don't want all of those things and the exercise programs and the shoulds. I want to feel good in my body. And if I'm viewing it through the lens of rest, I would feel very motivated, I think, to do it from that angle. So thank you. Oh, well, thanks. Thank you. I think, you know, it's it's one of those things you're exactly right. There's, I think the greatest motivation is just when you feel better. When mm-hmm. people feel better, then it's it's easier to continue to do something. And I always say, uh, you know, when you when you get a taste of what a well rested life feels like, yeah. you won't be satisfied with anything else. You won't be satisfied with, well, this is just this is just life, you know. In in this century, everybody's tired. When you realize that everybody doesn't have to be tired, that you yeah. can actually still have a smile on your face, be highly productive, have joy in your life, feel well adjusted. And, you know, have energy, it changes everything. You're so awesome. And not only have you given us this list of ways that we can become more self-aware, which is a really common theme here on the show, and just be more aware of our bodies and 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 do things that support and nourish the whole person that's in us. The togetherness factor in all of this is what I'm really struck with here at the end is that, yes, you can focus in on yourself and what it is you need and the one type But ironically, you can actually take a lot of those types and those boxes together. Mm -hmm. You know, they can happen at the same time, like the social and emotional and and physical and all that, like me going to mom's group for a walk in the woods, you know, with really trusted friends, like I can do all of that. But then there's the togetherness factor of, yes, we're doing the work and on ourselves, but we're also not alone when we're doing this. This isn't us sitting at home by ourselves, only thinking about us, we can bring in those other people with the social parts of it, we can be with others when we're doing the active physical rest, you know, there's just so much togetherness in general that can happen. I am just I'm blown away by all of your ideas and your resources. They're just so needed, Dr. Sandra, really, truly. And I'd love for my listeners to know more about all the different ways that you show up as a resource, because we need you. We want you. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. Um, well, my main website is I choose my best life.com. Mm-hmm. My professional website is at drdaltonsmith.com. And there's lots of just Google my name. That's probably the easiest way yeah. to, to get some of the, the most recent research and articles that have been put out. Um, just recently, Shape Magazine actually did a, a six page spread on the seven types of rest. Um, it's their December 2020 issue. And the, let's see, there's a TEDx talk that goes over the seven types of rest. And then we mentioned the book, Sacred Rest. That's probably the biggest resource where everything's kind of put together. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I'll definitely be adding that to the uh, book club list for sure. Cause I know I'm going to want to talk about it with other people. Dr. Sandra, thank you so much for all the ways that you show up and encourage people, all the ways that you honor the whole person and mom and all of us and 
all of these ideas, I feel like I'm walking away from this conversation, a better, healthier person. And I know that some of my listeners, if not all of them are going to feel that same way too. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration or maybe a little of both. If you like today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.